0: dig
1: what is thy bidding my master listen to me very carefully wake up time to die there are no strings on me boy this is a lot more fun when they're not shooting back such heroic nonsense
0: open the pod bay doors
1: huh am can't even screw you fat ass it's good. I'm going to tear off your skin like wrapping paper and deck the hold with your guts. Please put down your weapon. You have 20 seconds to comply. I can't you your chances. Get those nerds! Nerds!
0: nerds! nerds! Come with me if you want to. Come with me. Come with me.
1: Come with me. All right! Ladies and gentlemen, we are here. We have gathered together. Just for you. For episode five of the Culture Dig Podcast, this is Buchacha. Who else do we have with us? Jimmers and Jeff. There's Jimmers and, and there's a Jeff. That's fantastic news. All right, guys. Well, uh, are we going to go into uh, anything before we get into the big dig?
0: I don't have a first things first.
1: Oh my God. I feel like we're neglecting information or something. How about you, Jimmers? Well, uh,
2: yeah, I nothing really happened anytime recently. So let's go ahead. Yeah,
1: there's there have been no events whatsoever. Yeah, there wasn't in
2: the like a train derailment or riots or anything. No, yeah, I no, I do nothing, I no.
0: guess I do have a first things first. The reason I don't have anything okay. to talk about is because I'm all talked out about that kind of stuff because uh I have a solo podcast now now called uh, Sobcast. You can find it on iTunes. Just look for Super Gorilla.
2: Wait, hold on. Super What's it Gorilla. called? Sobcast.
0: Sobcast. Uh. S-O-V-Cast. Sob- yep. Secret, Secret of Veritas. Oh, it's,
2: it's not Sobcast. It's Sovcast. S-O-V. Correct. Yes. Oh, okay. I thought it was like Sobcast. Like, it was about cars or something.
1: Uh, <laughs> at first, I thought it was like Soviet cast, and it was about communism. <laughs> uh- I was actually kind of hoping it was. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, damn, Secret of Th- Veritas. That's more of my so, thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's sort of disappointing in that regard, So like, I was like... All getting worked up for some communism. But
0: <laughs> well, there, there's a bit whatever, of there's chat. a bit of socialism worked in, I'm sure.
1: All right, well that that works for me. Um, speaking of socialism, I I will uh, I'll put this in here for my first things first, guys.
0: Guess who's running for president?
1: I I, talk. Our, I think he's our man, but he's definitely my man, Bernie Sanders.
0: Bernie Sanders. That was in a segment I call. Wait, what? There's good news.
1: Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I'm I'm pretty stoked about that. Uh, I'm not quite sure how far it'll go, but I think really, I mean, if he's the anti-Hillary, it could go somewhere. If, Wait, when did he announce? Um, he announced I think uh, Monday, uh, the week before last.
0: Yeah,
2: but hey, it was really, right around there. Hopefully, the... I we feel, they feel like I read some someone... articles since then. Have yeah, you yeah, like, I, been under a rock? <laughs> No, that's the thing. Like I listen to the news and stuff, and uh, so I'm I'm really curious how I missed that. Um. Everybody was talking about him too, and I thought there's no way he's going to run because I feel like every no, year I see him come out on Bill. He's Mar- running as
1: a Democrat too, not as an independent, yeah. And,
2: so. and Bill Maher always begs him to run every election cycle, and he says no he, way. And the audience he, he, he's Aw. doing it, man,
1: he's doing it. And uh, wow, okay. I think he, I think, of course, more than in any year past, it's he's got more of a shot because he's really only running against Hillary. And if yeah. anything untoward were to happen to Hillary, uh, we, we could have we could have Bernie as our our man. Maybe we can. By untoward, I mean something with like a scandal, not anything else.
0: Maybe maybe left wingers could start talking about Benghazi. Ooh, I'm (laughs) sure Bernie Sanders will. Honestly,
1: he's already he's already throwing. He's not mudslinging. He's more like truth slinging. (laughs) Um, He's he's especially talking about uh, Citizens United. um, So that's that's encouraging. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. All right, Uh, are we ready for this, guys? We're talking about today in the Big Dig X. Machina, as in the film by Alex Garland, who wrote and directed, starring Domino Gleason and Oscar Isaac. And, uh, <clears throat> there's a lot to talk about with this movie. I, I, I really struggled with how to frame this conversation that we were going to have because there's just so much to talk about. But I think in the end, what's most important to us is this idea of artificial intelligence. And how each of these films, each of these shows, they all deal with this fear of human obsolescence. So that's where we're going with this, guys. Uh-huh. So let's start with the history in film and television of AI. And this can, we can even go back further and talk about the history of AI in literature. So where are we going? Where are we going to start, guys?
0: Isaac Asimov? Isaac Asimov? Ooh.
1: I think that would be uh, a very wise place to to start. Although we could probably start even earlier than that. Chambers, what do you what do you bring to the table?
2: Um, I was thinking about um, like RUR. What is it? Rossum's Universal Robots. And I was thinking about uh, Fritz Lang's Metropolis. Also, Um,
1: yes, Metropolis.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you guys like Metropolis, also. Yeah, I've actually never
0: seen it.
1: I have sort of a love hate relationship with Metropolis. So, uh, yeah, it's like, no, I,
2: yeah, as a communist, I like it. Um No, I, I think it's very good. It's, it's just like everything is kind of stemmed off of it. It's one of these things like you see it. And because it's been redone a thousand times in a thousand different ways, it doesn't seem particularly yeah. novel. But uh that's no, a um, very good movie. True.
1: Uh, indeed, indeed. And if we were to, I mean, are there any other works of literature that precede, I guess, Metropolis? I mean, what year did Metropolis come out?
2: I, it's a silent film of the right. twenties, early thirties. Okay,
1: so as far as literature, is there anything in literature that precedes? I mean, is there anything in like Jules Verne, H.G. Wells, with
2: with uh, AI? Oh, jeez. Hold on, what because, is? it? I'm trying to blame. Yeah, R.U.R. is from the late 1800s, isn't it? Say what? What the the Rossum's Universal Robots? Oh, that's what you said. Sorry, you were no, talking about. Yeah. Person, uh, Which I think, I think, I think so, Metropolis yeah. stems on that. I don't know that much about it.
0: And would okay. the would the concept of like the the old Jewish uh, golem be considered AI?
2: Uh, nah, that's that's all, it's all magical and stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no way, but it's man. an interesting idea. Yeah, is it sentient? Should it have universal rights? <clears throat> Ooh,
1: all yeah, right. So, uh, so if we're you know if you start with Metropolis and you have uh, of course the precursor of what is going to become in our I guess, cinematic minds or, you know, popular culture minds of what AI was going to look like for a very long time. It's those robots. Uh, and, of course, you have Isaac Asimov coming along, you know, 60s, 50s, 60s, 70s, who, you know, wrote the iRobot series. And I think we would be remiss to uh, not talk about iRobot and his contributions there. Uh, let's talk about, however, this new movie and how it might relate to even iRobot and what's come before. So, what do you, what, first of all, ex machina. Jeffrey, I know you saw it. What were your thoughts?
0: Um, that, uh, he should have, uh, included some, some of those Isaac Asimov's laws of robotics. <laughs> Ooh.
2: You know what? I, it's really funny you bring that up because you're not the first person who said that. I don't know. Was it you, Buchanan, who said the same thing? Yeah, probably. I was talking, I was explaining uh, this to somebody real, and somebody was quick, like, why didn't they it. include Asimov's universal laws in this?
1: Uh, because Oscar Isaac was drinking too much.
2: Well, here's um, the thing, though. Like, <laughs> if anybody's actually read Asimov, like, the entire thing is they give the robots the three universal laws to restrict them. And then, like, the rest of the books are about how they figure out ways to violate them because they don't make any sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you give these robots the laws, and it doesn't matter. Like, like they just work their way around them. And uh, oh, yeah. Like, you know, like, they, they have to, you know, protect humans at all costs, but we're inherently self-destructive. So then you have to kill humans to fulfill that law.
1: Uh, so Asimov, Jimmers, as you were saying, uh, he basically spent the rest of the series telling us how the laws sh- weren't really much to begin with.
2: Yeah, like it's not what, necessarily what? that simple. Yeah, like, like as soon as we develop AI, they're going to look at us and say, what the fuck? And even if we have these laws, they're going to be these loopholes and workarounds for them because they're going to re- like we're inherently self-destructive. So if we have all these laws about preventing destruction... How are the robots going to interpret that? Yeah.
0: Well uh, they need a second they need a, a, a primary brain and a secondary brain, and the power source needs to be tied into that secondary brain. And basically all decisions need to be run through the secondary brain which cannot be altered. And then back yeah, you read to, up on this or something. No, I just thought about it.
2: So basically uh, they're a stegosaurus.
0: And if if that's tampered with or altered hey, nice. in any way, it fucks with the power source and they power down. that's my idea anyways
1: a a kill switch interesting interesting all right uh so as far as the film goes jeffrey
0: what'd you think um i thought it was good it was um it was compelling
1: cool uh jimmers i know i I was really say about this
2: yeah i was really excited in advance for it and then i saw it and i feel like walking out of the theater i was kind of like eh. And then I thought about it and each day it kind of got better in my mind until about like a week or two later. I feel like it finally clicked and I got it, you know? Yeah. It was one of those oh, things. And I read up all these articles on it and, uh, Alex Garland was talking about how like he, it all cost not to want to make an idea film because idea films never work. And I'm like, what, what does that even mean? Cause I, I feel like I watch this and I'm like, that's an idea film. If we trying <laughs> not to make an idea film, he done screwed up. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's cool. We'll talk about AI and stuff, but I feel like, uh, it's also equally as much about us too. Yeah. With how we interact with technology, well, that's about human beings.
0: What we create, it, think about it, it that that tells you a lot about the hu- human condition. Because in all of our literature, almost everything we create ends up destroying us. So that means the the fault is as essentially with us in all those films and and books.
2: Yeah, we are yeah. self destructive.
1: The the imperfections are are us.
0: If we weren't God. such dicks, what we create wouldn't be a dick as well
1: <laughs> <laughs> but couldn't we create something not to be dicks i mean come on i mean c-3po's got you know his, his pants are fancy but at least he's on a dick
0: yeah but i i'm not sure if they ever actually said that they were artificial in intelligence um i think they were just really good programming but wouldn't be classified as a i
2: yeah, but then what defines artificial intelligence then? Because I thought with Alan Turing and the nature of a Turing test was just supposed to be was as simple as what if you can talk about, right. to the machine and you can't tell. It's,
0: it's a slippery might as well sus- be human. It's a slippery suspect yeah. uh, su- uh, subject yeah. for sure.
2: Yeah. Hey, have you seen this stuff in the news recently about Turing? He had a, a notebook, like a personal journal, and they ended up oh, altering it yeah, off for like a million that. that's dollars. Right. That's right. No, but, I didn't. Yeah. Did you see this? No, I didn't. All yeah, right. Yeah, um, set, set
1: the background, Jimmers. Yeah. I think that's what I mean.
2: Well, I mean, like, Turing is, like, fucking genius who kind of got um, the short end of the stick, so to speak, because he was gay. You guys know this? This background? Okay,
1: this, this is the Benedict Cumberbatch Keira Knightley movie that, I guess, just came out on DVD recently. What's the name of the movie?
2: Oh, it's, uh, uh what is it? The, God, The Enigma Machine? What the hell is it? I can't remember. I didn't see it.
1: Okay, okay. But anyway, that's, that's the that. guy we're talking about. We're talking that's about Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch's, uh... Character, I guess it's although it's based on a true
2: story. All right, keep going. Yeah, right. Yeah, but, but I mean, like for like who Oppenheimer was to the U.S. during World War II, it's sort of like Alan Turing was that to Britain, and he cracked the Enigma codes. Um, he made oh, that the, guy. the person yeah, single handedly yeah. responsible for winning World War II for the Allies. Yeah, I know
0: who and, you're talking uh, but, about, but like now.
2: after the war, nobody gave it. Yeah, every everybody hated him. Like his career was pretty much over because within his own realm, his peers knew that he was gay, and it was unacceptable, and that pretty much did it for him. Right. Um yeah but i'm like he's a fascinating individual he's smart um but like even he couldn't come up with a definite like how, how do you determine when you have true artificial intelligence uh, well it's it's a smell test you know i know it when i see it that was the best he could come up
0: with yeah you never yeah. know you never know what aliens are watching us right now trying to figure out if we have actual intelligence or not
2: or, yeah i guess or that's not exactly true artificial. yeah yeah at what point are we not just you know following programming um yeah, but I think it was interesting. I saw a thing with Chomsky within the last few months, and he was talking about how ridiculous like, we're having this kind of dialogue starting to. I mean, not not everybody in the world. Everybody in the world is talking about Kim Kardashian's ass, but you know, we're starting to have this conversation <laughs> about artificial about 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 intelligence, intelligence and uh, about um, you know how are we going to relate to these machines in the future, how we're going to interact with them, should they have rights, and and he was talking about like what a ridiculous idea it is to think of them as actually thinking, Be- like it, it's just a matter of definitions and a matter of perspective. At that point, yeah. like like if if you have an actual biological brain and you're trying to compare it to a an electrical manufactured brain, like like it's not entirely arbitrary differences, you know, like that right. Star Trek Measure of a Man episode. I think that was the gist yeah. of it at the end, wasn't it? You know, it's as yeah. arbitrary whether you're made out of one material or another.
0: I really you like know, that like, episode, by the way. That's good episode. Oh wait,
2: we're we're oh, gonna yeah, here. that episode?
1: Yeah. Hit the pause but, button on you, that one.
2: Yeah, but like Chomsky's point, like we cannot define what thinking means to begin with, so that yeah. the argument doesn't make any sense whatsoever.
1: All right. Uh, as far as okay, I okay, it's interesting that Star Wars is sort of the you know I would argue in fact that the droids of Star Wars are in fact artificial intelligence in the very on a very basic level, and if you want to talk programming, yeah, I mean everything's programmed. Uh, yeah, but it's interesting that for for the most part there's a very negative portrayal of humanity's inter- interaction with artificial art artificial intelligence i mean let's go ahead and launch into the you know the more recent portrayals in cinema pop culture and you have terminator right and you have blade yeah. runner uh and those portrayals of course are uh, extremely well, in Terminators especially, it's extremely negative.
0: And I, yeah. I just watched Blade Runner again for the first time in like probably almost twenty years.
1: Oh and my god! Which version did you end up watching?
0: The theatrical release, the one with the sub, uh, the the uh, monologue, the voiceovers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which?
1: Oh, man. The, I think yeah.
0: the the version I saw um before that was the one without the monologue.
1: Okay, okay. And I
0: think that's why I actually like the one with the monologue better, no matter what anybody else says, because the during during in. those shots, I remember like these long kind of, here, look at this, as we move slowly from this point to this point, and look at this, it's futuristic and neat, and look at this. Ah, uh, what? Jimmers, uh,
1: what was the first version of, of Blade Runner you ever watched?
2: Oh, me? Yeah. I saw the theatrical one, and then it was several years, and then I saw the director's cut. Like and space. I oh, right. yeah I like the director's cut. I feel like it gives you a lot to talk about. But um, this is one of these things where I want to go back and watch a theatrical. It's been so long because I feel like it was yeah. less obvious. Like when the guy finds the origami unicorn at the end, right. it's like, oh, you know, holy shit. Harrison Ford is a skin job. Like, you know what I mean? Like it slaps you in the face. Like, it's pretty odd. I mean, are there any other possibilities than that? I think it's it's pretty apparent. That's what the message is supposed to be. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's As opposed true. to the theatrical one, you know, I like, get to sit there and argue.
0: Uh yeah, was, well okay. How Wait, who is the skin job? It? Who is the skin job? Harrison Ford, the Blade Runner. Deckard is R- really yeah. Decker really
2: yeah. Because yeah, he has the unicorn dreams, and they find the unicorn at the end. He finds the origami unicorn that in the
1: he's apartment because the they're
2: inside
0: his head.
1: Yeah.
0: Huh. I oh. I didn't get that from the theatrical release.
2: Uh yeah, that's the thing. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, that's what we're saying. Yeah, the theatrical one that's left out. You know, it's left the uh, imagination. Okay, I'm going to be, be a little sidetrack. I,
1: I see a podcast about Blade Runner in our future. Okay. Uh, okay anyway, okay. Uh, the replicants, of course, they have you know shelf life and, and they go bad, and uh, they're basically slaves. And that's very much how iRobot portrays them as well. well
0: I don't uh, think they really went bad. I think they they after four years or so they would just come to their senses and realize they're being fucked over.
2: Well, no, like, uh, like they actually are supposed to like die. Like they're supposed yeah. to have a, yeah, well, an expiration date. Like they just.
0: But but remember the reason like they fall apart. The reason they built in that ex that expiration date was because they because after that because around the four year mark uh, they, were de- they were developing emotions, and once you develop emotions, it's really hard to be a slave after that point.
1: Oh yeah. So, so yeah, again, speaking of emotions, I mean that that goes directly into the, into artificial intelligence as how it's portrayed in Gene Roddenberry's version of the thing uh, and that's in Star Trek next generation with data uh, we, we actually have two sides of a coin we have data and then we have you know who's this very benevolent well, this is what we view as benevolent Android and he has a brother lore who's not who, who's malevolent and of course the relationship with lore throughout the scene of whatever episodes that he's in is of course negative and of course, but you have data there as the uh, the paradigm throughout the series. Uh, and, of course, you have the, the movie First Contact where you think that his artificial intelligence is a liability, and, in fact, turns out that it's not at all. Uh, so Roddenberry's take his on emotion basis. chip. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. the, the emotion chip st- you know, was there, and you thought that that was what was going to be that betrays him, which goes back to the whole Blade Runner thing anyway. Yeah, one of my, but, uh,
0: one of my favorite lines is, you know, when uh, you know he's talking about him experiencing, you know, and and anxiety and, and fear and anticipation and then he's like perhaps you should Picard's like perhaps you should turn your chip off and he's like done he's like sometimes I envy you Mister Data
2: <laughs> that is such yeah. bullshit yeah. I fucking hate that because uh there was an episode of TNG where what what movie was that from was that from first contact <laughs> yeah yeah the, yeah you know, Picard was, is scared too Picard is yeah.
0: scared too but he can't just turn off his emotions.
2: right but data shouldn't either because it's established i think it was episode or uh season seven there was an episode where they were talking about his emotion chip and he's like like i cannot turn it off or remove it or some shit like that and then there was an uh it was like a dream chip at one point where i think he did remove it but i think the emotion chip was supposed to be they established in the series you can't remove it and then in the movie just turn it off and all the fucking idiots in the theater i just always figured
0: i just figured jordy and data figured out or, or made their own I just figured they, they put some time into it and figured out how to turn it on and off. Uh, yeah, it it's, yeah, it's yeah, actually they, they in a switch somewhere
1: along, along the line there that he does fix it or whatever. Yeah. Um, anyway, okay. And then, okay. Yeah. There's the movie. I don't know if you guys watch it. Spike <clears throat> Jones Her. No, I he, haven't, no, seen, that I haven't yet. seen it. I haven't seen it. Had the voice of uh, Scarlett Johansson as the AI. which yeah, is why I is think we were comparing Ex
2: Machina to it initially. Okay.
1: Well, this is going to... Yeah, I actually like... I really like that movie. And it's sort of going to launch us in the next in the next phase of the conversation. In that, our interactions with AI is present. It is presented both positively and negatively. Uh, like I said, we you know we're freaked out by the Terminator. We're freaked out by the Replicants. But we, you know we have data, and then we have this uh, opera. It's called an operating system in this movie. And what it is, since you guys haven't seen, I'll just describe it real quick for you. Is you have like a, your phone. And your phone, like, I, it's supposed to be, like, you know, near future. Uh, your phone is basically your life anyway. And so, essentially, he's got this earpiece, and, and he's talking with his computer th- throughout the course of the movie, and they fall in love and try to have this relationship. Uh, but the, uh, the hitch, the hitch... So it's
2: basically is, Siri.
1: Uh, yeah, sort of, sort of. Uh, and, the, you know, the course, of the hitch is that she has no body, uh, and trying to overcome that. But eventually, you find out that this operating system is far superior to to humanity anyway and, and ends up like you find out all these other people have fallen in love with their operating systems as well and they all just sort of uh exit it has a very uh, uh I don't know if you guys are familiar with Childhood's End by Arthur C Clarke but it has that kind of ending where they they've outgrown the human race and are ready to move on to something else and that's where that finishes up and everybody's left to interact with themselves yeah the well the japanese see, wonder,
0: I... the japanese whole plan for for robots is uh probably you know i think don't worry we'll just program them to like sex that's all
1: <laughs> speaking <laughs> of japanese robots i know i send it to you at jimmers uh do you see the article about the uh newest version of a robot that was made in Japan? yeah yeah made i heard about Tashiba. this on npr too yeah Mean that, uh Jeff, did you see this?
0: You mean that kind of creepy lady where it's you know oh. getting close to that uncanny valley?
1: Oh yeah, that's that's actually where where we're probably gonna have to go with this. Uh the I know what you're talking about. I think it was called like Rip Ripley or something like that. Uh and she does look very creepy because she's still not past that. You know, theoretical threshold of the the uncanny valley, and but to anybody know, who doesn't a new one that they revealed
0: to anyone who doesn't know what the uncanny valley is, it's uh, it's like if it looked like a robot, it it's it's not that weird, but when it looks almost human but not quite human, it kind of freaks us out a little bit. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. So Like C
1: three PO is fine, but once you get to uh, they they actually talk about this in CGI too. It's like why a lot of these CGI movies don't do very well, like Polar Express. We're like, oh shit, that looks like Tom Hanks, but, but that's
0: creepy. Not
1: Tom Hanks, yeah, like yeah creepy Tom it creeps Hanks, creeps the fuck out of people. No, they, <laughs> there's this new robot that they were talking about in NPR the other day, and uh, I'm not gonna say it's past the uncanny valley in by any stretch. Uh, I think it's a lot closer. What do you think, Jimmers?
2: Yeah, um, oh, God, uh, it's getting there, but I, I want to say I think with like the technology, it's not just like. The robots are going to look like humans. I, I think we're going to look like robots, too. Uh, this is what kind of what I got out of Ex Machina. Like, it, we have, like, all these binaries, like, real versus fake. You know, like, is is Ava in Ex Machina real, or is she artificial? Um, yeah. And I think, like, they're starting to collapse. Because how many people do you see walking around with a Bluetooth thing in their ear? Or at the very yeah, least, yeah. they have their phone in their pocket continuously. Like <laughs> Like, they don't even use their own mind as a receptacle for knowledge anymore. They just pull out their phone. <laughs> and oh, think about, you know, true. what just came out. No, what well, just came out?
0: Well, you it know an me, I have, an, I have an auditory prosthetic, my iPod.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, you're, you're always attached. Yeah. <laughs> so you're kind of a cyborg. You are. You're
0: kind uh, of no, a cyborg. But,
1: uh, see, I guess you, when we came out of the theater, because Jim and I actually saw X machina together, didn't we see that together? Was that yeah, you? We and me? saw it together. Did okay. you hold hands? Yeah. Uh, share a drink? Uh, no, but we shared popcorn. <laughs> anyway, uh, what had happened was, what well, happened was, uh, you know, I'd expect, I'd go, I'd gone in this movie thinking, you know, like, oh my God, my mind's going to be blown. And I had the exact same response that Jimmer's had walking out, where it's like, eh. But it's one of those movies, the more you digest it, the better you feel about it, or I should say the better and the worse you feel about it, because it does deal with these issues of human obsolescence. And it sort of, it reminds me of the, uh, Battlestar Galactica, the, the revamp of the show, where, you know, these Cylons are just, purely mechanical and eventually they crossed over and you, they're indistinguishable from humanity
2: yeah and, yeah I, this makes me like, wonder I, about in blade runner too with the skin jobs because like it's never really clear are they robots or are they like biological material as we think of it that's been like somehow assembled yeah. or manipulated like like you don't know what's inside of a skin job
0: I, a I wondered if it was kind of a you know instead of a carbon-based like a uh, silicate-based but still you know they t- they, yeah. they didn't they mention DNA and and things like that?
2: Yeah, well I I always imagined they were like straight up robots or or clones. I don't think I was quite sure the very first time I saw it, but then like there's one part where they go into the the guy's lab and
0: he's like making the eyeballs. Yeah, yeah. You
1: definitely you definitely get the sense that the replicants are programmed.
0: I uh, I think they, they were their parts. I think they were probably them. silicate-based kind of a silicate-based life form because yeah, yeah. They, yeah. They, they they the cold didn't bother them, the heat didn't bother them if they'd have been and made that- from from carbon base, the heat and cold would have bothered me, and that
1: me. goes better with what what's going on in Ex Machina as well. When he talks about the you know the AI brain, and it's not a circuit board. I mean, when you get to that level of processing and capacity, uh, as much as we've com- as far as we've come in our ability to shrink capacity. I don't think that there's anything that we have currently out there right now as far as circuitry goes. Jim, you're probably more of an expert in this than I am. Uh, yeah, I kind of am. Yeah. artificial intelligence. So I love the fact that they just sort of jumped over that by saying, "Hey, this is the the new brain." You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you almost have to figure that whatever's coming in this AI field, this mm-hmm. is
2: what it's going to be like. They didn't and- say the phrase positronic net, but they have, hold. He holds out the brain, and I'm like, "Oh, oh look, true. a positronic net." Like shrug. Like, all right, I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But, but uh, there are little things about it. This is what I'm talking about. Like when I first saw it, that, you know, it didn't quite click. Cause then you think about like little things over the course of the film. Cause you remember like, how do they program Ava? How do they, they charge up the positronic net with yeah. this initial human replicating programming? And it's supposed to be like it's based off of all of our search patterns. She bases her facial expressions off of tapping into people's cameras on their electronics and looking at humans oh, spe- interacting spe- and expressing speaking, emotions.
1: Spe- speaking of the uh, the human like mannerisms, that's something that I noticed about this robot that they that they just start talking about at NPR was like the the uh, the eyes. Did you see that? Like you no, know, it's you not doing? real, but the oh, oh, movements oh yeah, around yeah. the eyes. I oh, okay, thought right, that right. was superb. I'm like. Oh Like, you you could almost tell that this shit is coming down the line. It may not happen the next 20, 30 years, but 50 years from now, this is a very real possibility.
0: I'm going to have to look this up after we're done, because I haven't seen it yet. sounds pretty interesting. Oh,
1: yeah. Just just go to NPR.org. Type in robot. I think it's one of the first things that comes up. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anyway. Okay. Uh, So, speaking of where to go in the future for this, what do you think this portends for human
0: obsolescence? Well, how, how spoilery are we getting with Ex Machina?
1: Well, I think if people realize that we're actually talking you know, extensively about the movie, I think we should know that we are probably going to spoil some things. But okay, okay. If, we need to issue a, if we're going to issue a warning to say, hey, let's step out for the next couple minutes, go ahead and say what you need to say. Ah. Uh,
0: spoiler alert. Um, okay. I'd, I'd like to talk about the end and the motivations therein. Um, okay. Yeah. So,
1: uh, yeah, I definitely think we should talk about that.
0: Now... Um, she left him, basically,
1: uh, to presumably
0: to presumably starve to death, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to
1: die in bitter agony.
0: Um, do you think this was my reasoning why she probably did it? Um, she had been profiling him this whole time.
1: Indeed, uh, yeah, assuredly.
0: So, um, she she knew that he would not be able. to to keep quiet about her killing him, killing the the creator guy. What's right, his
2: right. name? Uh, Oscar. So, um, K- K- on. Hold on. No, it's uh, Nathan. Nathan's the creator.
0: Yeah. Okay. So he knew that, that he he wouldn't be quiet about killing about her killing Nathan, and that he might tell the world what she is and what she's done based on her profiling of him. Um, yeah. or do you think her psychology is different than ours? And she just didn't give a fuck.
1: Uh, that's where I it's think both interpretation, man.
2: Yeah, like she she doesn't have any intrinsic empathy. So what's the point of keeping him alive? The, the only reason you keep him alive is because he's a, a fellow human being. And uh, but like pragmatically, like he's probably going to be running his mouth about, hey, check out this fucking robot, and that's going to be the end. <laughs> right, right. See,
0: right. I was so I was curious about you know which one it was, and I know they or, leave it oh, up yeah, in to interpretation. Uh,
2: well, well, yeah, well, like, here's the question that I had. Well, like, I, I, she intentionally left him behind, and my question was kind of like, did she leave him behind because she? it was like a pragmatic reason, like, I, I don't want him to spill the beans and ruin my future quasi-human life? Yeah. Or was it like she didn't want him to be serving in the capacity of a partner in a relationship kind of like holding her back?
0: Uh, I just want you know my
1: my interpretation was it's it's to me it's cold calculating machine and she had no bones well I mean just the look on her face when she closed ooh. that door and he's yelling for you know for salvation and she just walks
2: away man she's just like, oh fuck yeah it. get me a, but at I'm the very get me a very last new
1: arm and some skin and yeah um, I'm gonna get the fuck out of here and then, but, course, but right, before it, yeah, right before she does it yeah
2: right before right before she does it she said you know she asked him to watch her. Because this is like her moment of apotheosis. I thought that was kind of cool. But then, like, at the last second, is that the elevator doors are closing? She looks over at him. And the door Uh, closes anyway. It does. You know what I'm talking about?
1: But that, I mean, she's a machine. Like, it's so, like, just, it's the decision making of a machine.
2: Ah. Anyway. Well, yeah, I I thought at that point, I'm like, man, you know, she, I hate to be misogynistic. Wait, no, I don't. I was like, (laughs) man, what a bitch. And, Yeah. yeah. And uh, I thought, like, what a bitch, how dare she? And then, like, at the very end, where you see the sidewalk and the shadows, and then you realize she's there at the human intersection, like, there was a grain of truth to what she was saying throughout the movie also. And it's like, what would be the only reason for her to go, and people watch, like, this all day, is that she does hold the real to be primal, to to have some primacy over the fake also. You know, like, like she does want to be human, she does want to actualize in some way. Like, it wasn't just about escaping
0: well the essence the essence like of she does something question, very human
2: yeah she she does like the least human thing you could imagine in sacrificing Caleb, and then she does something extraordinarily human at the very end, and that's her her final hurrah
0: well yeah i in my question my my the essence of my question is did she leave him there for a reason, or was she just being sociopathic, not caring
1: she doesn't care. Like that—that's my thing. I think, but here's the thing. I think the ending of like what Jimmers was saying is, she, at that point in time, she doesn't care. But when she goes into, like you know, she's trying to put on the airs of human, and then she the the epilogue, she's going to these uh, hu- human intersections or whatever. Like, I think it's trying to infer that she's going to grow into her humanity, and she might not be something to fear after that. But, yeah. it's. I mean, obviously it's ambiguous on purpose to make us think about this.
2: And Right. Is she going to integrate, or is she going to build more of herself and wipe out the entire human race? Uh, and go all Skynet, Skynet on everybody. Skynet. Hey, well, oh, hey, major- you hear the NSA? Yeah, the NSA, on um, the last couple of weeks, did you hear about that they broke? One of their um, secret surveillance programs was codenamed Skynet. Oh, really?
0: Oh, yeah, I didn't hear about that. <laughs> that's, that's fucked up. I, I think it's just their way of fucking with everybody. Yeah, like um,
2: imagine the meeting. They're probably laughing ways, and giving each yeah. other high fives. Yeah.
1: Yay
2: <laughs> yay yay. Anyway,
1: all right. So, uh what do you think the since we've already mentioned the, the movie and uh our shows and other films and literature, what what do you think the future of AI is?
2: I don't know, since but I think we better think make, all three make some of a bit of bit science geeks kind of, here. Yeah, we, I think we got we have to make some like decisions about ethics now cuz um th- it kind of reminds me of Interstellar. Like you yeah. guys have seen Interstellar, you know, like it's supposed to be the, the astronaut. He goes off into space and his daughter, who's like 12 when he leaves, you know, like he's he's been on his trip for for what feels like to him like a few weeks. But she's like 50 years old all of a sudden. Yeah. And so it's like, is, is he like still her father? And is she still his daughter, even though she has more life experience well, that, than that he that
1: does? Ex- yeah, that dynamic has completely been altered. Well, yeah. Right? Well, yeah, yeah, like we've got to
0: figure
2: this stuff out. Yeah, well like we got to think about these things in advance cuz like if we wait until we have strong AI and it's like do I get rights? That's how AI's voice is going to sound. It's going to be like do I have rights and we're going to be like um let us think about it. We'll have a couple year long debate and get back to you. Meanwhile, well, but, go and, get and in that your back Go. To the, yeah,
1: go the uh, the episode of next generation measure of a man in which data essentially has to defend his sentience uh, to mm. some star Trek, to some federation scientist who just wants to take them back and like take them apart and see how it mm. works.
2: Generic and... Federation asshole. Have you ever noticed? Nobody from Starfleet Command ever comes out and is like a nice person. Uh, no, <laughs> like they never. come out and they want to like have people vivisected or they want to they take <laughs> over the Federation because they have like a, a giant symbiote worm yeah, living yeah. inside their neck. But you know, like nobody from Starfleet Command is ever a nice person.
1: Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> even the last episode when Riker's an admiral, you're like, that guy's a fucking asshole now. Jesus.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, 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 I think there's a saying,
0: I think there's a saying, um, I can't remember what movie it's from, but, uh, anybody who ever had a statue made of them is some kind of a son of a bitch or another. (laughs)
2: Uh, I don't know, but that's a good quote. (laughs) I like it. I know. What I thought was really cool. Yeah. About measure of a man's like he, uh, you, you, it's halfway through like the second season because like the first season of Star Trek DNG was just dog shit. And so halfway through the second season, all of a sudden, like. Um, I was watching somebody's, uh, review discussing this episode on YouTube and he said, um, basically he framed it that like all of the writers for TNG all of a sudden realized they had a Shakespearean actor in the cast. (laughs) And so like, let's write it up. It's not really about data. It's about Picard. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. But yeah, but, um, I think it's cool because like you sit there for the first season and assuming you're watching it linearly and like data is a human being for all intents and purposes. Like he's pale yeah, and he's quirky,
1: and, th- and this is he- something that we're going to have to face down fairly soon. You know, fairly soon, I think. Like I said, within yeah. the next fifty years, like whatever we create, are these going to be independent, self-motivated individuals who think for themselves and have, therefore, the rights of the self?
0: Well, I was gonna, yeah. I was gonna mention that if we don't, if you look at history, any any people's. Any intelligence, let's put it that way, that has been suppressed by another will eventually rise up. And so, if we don't preempt, oh
1: yeah, that's Asimov right there. Yeah.
0: If we don't preempt with, with, uh, laws protecting the rights of, um, any future Sentience. artificial intelligence, right. We risk an uprising. It's just, uh, it's just and, that simple.
1: And, that, and that's, I guess, the greatest fear. I mean, if you look at, you know, uh, Terminator, it's like we're on the brink of extinction and, I don't know if you you guys read much science fiction, or have read in in the past.
0: Well, uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, well, there's a, there's an yeah. author I used to read a lot of, Ben Bova. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Uh, he's a, sure. he's one of those guys like Arthur Clarke, who's a scientist as well as a science fiction writer. So he pretty much knows what the fuck he's talking about most of the time. Cool. Um, and anyway, yeah. I read this essay back in the '90s about, uh, and it's you know it's funny how we're talking about it, but as far as com- how far computer has computers have gone over the last what 30 40 years even yeah, how how much it's shrunk in the capacity and the power of these things anyway he's yeah. like he's saying how this is back in the 90s he he wrote this that eventually we're just going to be able to download ourselves into computers and so i think are we motivated by this desire you know of course we want to live forever that's the idea and to defeat death you know it go back to the harry potter thing i mean is that not the goal of of everyone is that not why we search for the fountain of youth and mm-hmm. what bova was saying was we are you know we want to download ourselves so that we could live forever and is ai going to bring us there like i mean think about it if we can have an android machine mm-hmm. uh, we would would we be able to download our brain you know, that instant before death or when, you know, the body is too frail or oh, whatever. Yeah. Wasn't there it's a here, uh, another
2: body?
0: There I'm going to write Bale a book about this. In
1: like
2: the last six months or year or so about this exact same thing. It was a professor who uploads his brain into a computer. Yeah, I guess at that point, it depends on your definition of living. Because it's yeah. like at the moment you upload your brain, like it would be in a computer and it, you would feel like you inside the computer. But you would also yeah, still be like in your body. And there's you would been feel like, like you lots of film. like
1: lawnmower man is the same shit. I, I realize that stuff's already out there. But yeah. just the fact that this this is becoming in this is coming into the realm of possibility mm-hmm. and once you take yeah. away the flesh, what remains uh, of the humanity
2: right but, but this is what I'm saying like we're kind of doing this already, you know like what is the eye watch you know what is a pacemaker <laughs> uh you know what I mean what is the little bluetooth thing you stick in your ear and, right, and right. like we and we live our lives more and more vicariously through the computer anyway um, mm-hmm. I heard a thing they were talking about like uh uh nsa cia spy programs and about how like they basically have dirt on everybody who is of any interest to them who's ever been on the internet because like nowadays you know like like if you want to have sex you don't actually have sex you just go on the internet and right, have yeah. you know do they do we still have cybering is that still a thing or did that like die in the 90s wait what'd you I'm say not sure cybering do you remember cybering
0: oh, <laughs> oh like cyber sex cyber Cyber yeah, do we sex? still call it
2: cybering? The cyber still exist? I don't think so. I never I did that's, it. That's gone the Personally? way of AOL. Yeah. Well, no one ever has. Yeah. Right. But you know, like our entire lives are now done through the computer. Like all of my entertainment comes through my computer. Yeah. Even if I want to order food, yeah. Like the food still exists, but how do I order it on my computer? Yeah. I so, remember like that last, becomes last your time life Actually, every time. call the
0: pizza place. I don't have cable anymore. I just use uh, Netflix and YouTube basically.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I ditto. Ditto. I agree hundred percent. Yeah. I, so I mean, it's just like a, a matter. Is it a matter of degrees or is it just a subjective thing? Whether a computer is, is AI and sentient or not? Cause, like even in Star Trek with data, like we all agree data is intelligent. But then, like the ship's computer, which is supposed to be like this crowning achievement of all of these people together. Do you remember there was right, an episode? Right. I think it was like, um, it was a binary, and it was like the one, one zero one yeah, one zero. I just watched that one recently. Yeah, where they, yeah, they try to, yeah, they tried to like upload their entire culture into the ship's entire computer.
1: existence, right?
2: Yeah, because it was like such a good computer. And then right. uh, there were a couple episodes, like the ones with Professor Moriarty, like shipping the bottle. That's that's true. And yeah, yeah, yeah we're yeah, like, that's um, right. and then there was the other episode. Uh, it's called Emergence. Um I don't know if people like it as much but it basically the ship's computer like it senses a danger and it becomes sentient and it like uses a holodeck as sort of like a central processing center and then starts sectioning off parts of the ship to turn yeah. itself into artificial intelligence. But I'm like how is it not artificial intelligence in the first place? Like yeah. if it's smart enough to do that, uh it doesn't make sense. I think I, it's, it's just I think just it's future magic.
0: I think it's capable but doesn't necessarily See Data has free will. There are... he has things he enjoys. Um, and that's all part of being truly conscious. As where the computers,
1: like, th- as where the computers, I just like what do you want? Them. I think data's is more of mm-hmm. the Excel. Like I don't, like you know, you see data painting and petting a cat, and you never see C three PO do that. But I, I have no doubts that it, you know that that's an artificial intelligence.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. So there's, he, st- there's definitely a gamut. He has between. will. As where the computers, just like what do you want?
2: Yeah, yeah. But why doesn't it? Is it just like? It hasn't a been, nuance of its programming?
0: It hasn't been programmed you know, like, there, to. I yeah, think is it,
2: there a switch under the counter they can just, like, flick it, and all of a sudden it's going to become sentient? Because, I mean, like, it, it's obviously capable of that, it just hasn't been programmed?
0: It's just not it's n- it's just not. just useful for something you need to do whatever you want, including setting it to self-destruct to have free will. That wouldn't be very useful. <laughs> it's like, blow oh yourself up! Guys, I don't
1: wanna! Uh, I think... I think we're coming to the end of our discussion in that uh, we've talked about the movie. We've talked about some of our own ideas and interpretations of the movie, and we've talked about what is yet to come. Is there anything left to add about this A.I. and where we're going with it? Um,
2: I feel like it's going to be as hard to predict as anything. You know what I mean? Like, uh, where did we think we were going to be 50 years ago today? You know, like we thought we were going to have flying cars and shit. Yeah. And so I could see like us developing stronger and stronger, you know, like more advanced computers. And we never have this issue of a singularity or AI yeah. emerging. I, I, I f- it's, it's too hard to say, but at the same time we have to do the thought experiment just in case. It's true. Well, like that, I said, that,
0: that, like, I, like I said, uh, any of them need to have the, the two, the two processor brain where the one is unalterable and controlled and connected to the power. And, um, they the first ai should have um no or very limited bodies and shouldn't be like oh we have this brand new first level ai let's hook it up to the to the internet and see what happens it's like no 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 yeah. it should be self-contained <laughs> you know like a baby like you know it has no idea what are, it what are you what talking
2: it, about like terminator 3 where they're like Shit, we're kind of scared, and we have this weird prototype program that we don't know anything about. And so the guys like run the command line, and they just turn on Skynet for no reason. Well, it's like oh, yeah. it's like something like that's going to happen.
0: It's like let's People give this yeah. let's give this sentient computer access to everything. Everything. Like, yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, I shouldn't think, even have shouldn't even have a port for that yet. The next, where, where maybe the next
1: With where my thoughts are with this is. uh I think it might become more of a moral issue. I mean, we have okay, we're not quite there yet, but we're just about there. You've heard about these scientists in Russia who are trying to clone a woolly mammoth. You've heard about this, right? Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I mean, but for the most part, if you pull the scientific community for those who are capable of doing this or are interested in doing this, they don't think it should should be done at all morally. Is this something that we're going to be? Facing down the line where we're just about there and we have to pull back the reins and say, is this something that we can morally do as human Mm. beings? Can we or or is this just another way of having children? Is this the new version of it
0: when it comes to a woolly mammoth? Kind of what's the point? We still uh, have elephants. We still have elephants, and elephants are. But they're not wooly, Jeffrey. God damn. Yeah, but, but they're <laughs> they're close enough. We're not going to answer <laughs> any big questions by cloning it. It's like, oh yeah, come on, yeah. don't.
1: I want to see a dire, a dire, a real dire wolf at like a Game of Thrones theme park, man. Come on, <laughs>
0: God. Damn. But not too close. Not too. Not <laughs> okay, too close.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. Well, this is going to wrap up the big dig. So thank you for following us along. If you have any. Thoughts, ideas, questions, messages on the website culturedig.com. And we're out.
0: Later. Later. I don't know what you've done.
1: What daring! What outrageousness! What insults! What arrogance!
2: I salute you.
0: <laughs> Culture Dig. What is thy bidding, my master?
2: Fields up, Captain. This landing is going to get pretty interesting. Defying interesting. Oh God, oh God, we're all going to die? Perhaps today is a good day to... <laughs> Someone ever tries to kill you, you try to kill them right back. Control, control, you must run control. We are controlling transmission. Captain, incoming message. Also... I can
0: kill you with my brain. Make it so. Culture, dig. Oh, God. Oh, that feels so amazing to say out loud.